you are listening to the B-Cast. Change the intro music to some rock music. Just some go dun 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 some fucking nice hard shit to open this bitch up to. Get pumped for the day. You know what I mean? It's better than a cup of coffee. It's the motherfucking V cast. I am your host, Vic Sedeno. And this is a podcast. Listen. If you're lonely, just think about doing a podcast by yourself that nobody listens to. All right. That's fucking lonely. That is. I'm just kidding. Dave Hodge listens to the podcast. Shout out to Dave Hodge. Yo, boy. Um, What's up, everybody? Um, I hope that you are listening to this and you're in a good mood. I really hope so. I hope that everything's going well for you. I hope that. You're having as little trouble as possible. I hope that when you're driving down the street, all the lights turn green for you. I hope that nobody cuts you off. I hope that people aren't annoying you. I hope people are telling you the truth, that people aren't lying to you. I hope people love you. And I hope people touch your butt. I hope people touch your butt and your te- and your and your testicles and your chest. All right? hope people rub your penis top. I hope people rub your clitoris. All right. That's what I hope for all of you. The real. That is the real things that make you make you happy. Those are the things that make you happy. You know, somebody tells you the truth. They touch your butt every once in a while. It's beautiful. It's romantic. It's romantic. And it's a romantic weekend. Because tomorrow's Valentine's Day. Today's Saturday, the 13th, by the way. It's 621 in the morning. My usual schedule. Dave Hodge complained that I, uh, one of the episodes was too loud. I'm like, I'm fucking in my basement whispering at 5 in the morning. All right? Today's 6. Most days, it's 5. But we're rocking. I'm rocking. You see that table in the back there? You see there's a pool table back there? I don't know if you can see it in the camera. Oh, yeah, you can. You see right under the sneakers? That's my pool table. I'm selling it. If you're interested, give me a few hundred bucks. It's yours. And you could have a, a, pu- a pool table in your house. Do you have a pool table in your house? You should have a pool table in your house. If you do have a pool table in your house and you need it fixed or you're selling it and you're moving it, there's only one person to call. There's only one person to call in the tri-state area, and that is 18 pool tables. 18 pool tables. Sponsor of the podcast. All right. Good friend of mine, William Alimo, owner of the... 18 pool table services that's the tri-state area's top pool table repair company all right top if you're gonna go with anybody to get your fucking table moved or your table fixed you gotta call the 18 you just have to because if you call anybody else it's gonna be b work b quality work 
all right? A-Team, whether you need your pool table refurbished, refiltered, or relocated, A-Team uses more than its 15 years experience in pool table repair in New Jersey to offer top-notch customer service. I should know. That's my fucking deal right there. And high-quality work. We also offer pool table maintenance and moving services in Westchester County, Long Island, Manhattan, Brooklyn, and Queens. They charge extra to go in the hood, though. 18 Pool Table Services specializes in one-piece slate, coin-operated, and antique pool tables. That right there is a motherfucking bar table. They didn't put that there, so they don't specialize in that, but they'll still do it. I'm just kidding. They specialize in everything. We cater to northern New Jersey, Westchester County, and all five boroughs of New York City and Long Island. New and used pool table assembly. Did you know you can't just put a pool table together yourself? Hmm? Right? I'm pretty sure even the most mechanically inclined person can figure out how to put that frame together and how to set up the base. You might even get the slates on the table. All right. But what you're not going to be able to do is on a three piece slate table is get all three pieces to match like that. Perfect. Oh, my God. You got to level it. You got to make sure those pieces match so that they butt like that. And these these. Uh, for the people that are just listening, my fingers are coming together to make one form, one f nice level plane because that level plane has to be very, very, very level. Okay. A level plane has to be very, very level, especially in a pool table because the cloth has to go over that. And if you leave any bumps, your fucking game is going to be whack. People are going to know and people are going to make fun of you and be like, yo, look at that line in your pool table. That's where your slates are. I can see that. You didn't hire the A-team to come and get your pool table. So call the A-team or even better, go on their website, njnypooltableservice.com. All right. For every billiard game room need. All right. You got a man cave? Call them njnypooltableservice.com. They got fucking glow-in-the-dark signs. They got glow-in-the-dark pool sticks. They got all that good shit. All right. Call them. Call them. Mention the VCast podcast don't even mention the vcast podcast they won't even know what it is just tell them vic sent you all right tell them vic sent you they'll take care of you njnypooltableservice.com a team pool table services i'm fucking reading ads like a beast now i'm a beast ad machine so if you have a business and you're listening to this hit me up let's talk let's make videos Let's make videos of me right here talking to the camera and telling you what you need to do with your money. Okay? Do it. Do it. Oh, my gosh. We are wrapping up here, ladies and gentlemen. This most likely is going to be my last episode down here in the dungeon. Down in the dungeon. New podcast studio coming soon. So after, immediately following this episode, I will be taking apart all of this equipment just so that I have the pressure put on me to react. I need to do that. Sometimes I need like impending doom in order for me to do things. Oh, I always wait to the last minute for things procrastinate. All that good stuff. I think I'm the only procrastinator in the world. But I procrastinate. I procrastinate like a motherfucker. All right. So uh, what's been going on? What's been going on? Have you seen me on social media lately? Probably not. Because I'm not on social media. 
on off social media. It is the annual social media break. That means once a year, I go off the grid. Off, off, off the grid. Now, for those of you that uh, are new listeners, welcome. Um, The social media break was birthed in 2018, along with my comedy career. Hmm. Coincidence? No, it's not. So February of 2018, oh, it was January, um, my uh, my cousin had committed suicide and I was reeling just because never saw that person as someone that would take their own life. And being that close to it just made me realize that I was close to the fucking edge and I didn't know it. I was close to the edge, not of suicide, but of my own, maybe, but that's the thing. That's what scared me, okay, is that I was emotionally disturbed and I wasn't confronting my feelings and um, someone that I didn't think would take their own life took their own life and it made me realize that I got to take care of myself, that I can't. I can't just exist. My existence up until that point had no purpose. And it's fucking weird because nothing, I mean, yeah, well, comedy changed. I was going to say nothing really changed, but a lot changed. A lot actually changed. I confronted my own emotional instability head on and that was terrifying um because i was a new father <clears throat> my daughter had only you know was only a couple years old at that point she was she hadn't even turned 3 yet and um you know my cousin that had took his own life left a 6 year old daughter and it brought up all my emotions because you know i lost my father when i was 6 years old and that that was very, very traumatizing to me, and I'm gonna get to that, and I'll get to that in a minute. But um, the I'm talking about the social media break. So my mental health was all fucking whacked out, and I was like, I gotta get off social media because I was arguing a lot, you know, politics, and you know how much I know about politics and how I'm right and everybody else is wrong. So I was getting really um. Shaking the camera. I'm getting, I was getting really like just emotionally stressed. Like it, it just was fucking weighing down on me. And, um, uh, I did the social media break. I had been thinking about doing comedy for a couple years already, but I was writing, I was only writing jokes. I wasn't doing them. I wasn't going to open mics. I didn't even. This whole process, I never knew fucking existed for comedy. I didn't find this out until a podcast and people talking about it. And I was like, oh, you just go? Like, it never occurred to me. Do you just go to an open mic and just start doing comedy? And then that's how you get booked. Like, eventually, when you get better, knowing people and stuff, and bringing people to shows. Um, so... February came around, I got off social media, and I was like, what am I going to do while I'm not on social media? So I was like, I'm going to write a blog. And in that blog, every single day, I'm just going to write about my feelings without social media. 
and um, I just saw how much after that first month I saw how much time social media took away from me I saw how much um, emotional energy social media took away from me I saw how much I abused social media and used it as an escape not to confront my own feelings and um, I already had too many of those <laughs> I already had too many of those escape my own feelings so during that time, I did a podcast, uh, the Survival Guide podcast, uh, with Anthony Westbay and his brother, and um, Chris, and they. Um, I told them I was going to do podcasts. I ended up getting my. I mean, I told them I was going to start doing stand-up comedy, and before I even did an open mic, I had my first book show. Who do you know? Who do you know? I had a fucking booked gig before they ever did an open mic. Me, that's who. All right, the same guy that got promoted in a job interview. That's me. All right, I got promoted in a job interview. I got booked on a comedy show before I even did comedy. All right, shout out to fucking Tommy, Big Tommy, Big T, motherfucking T, Big T, Big THC TV. Fucking booked me on the one of the best shows I've ever been on. I bombed like a motherfucker. Of course I bombed. It was my first show. I was dressed like John Cena. <laughs> I'll never forget that fucking joke. All right. I was wearing a, uh, I think I wore it on here one, um, on April. I wore the Keep It 420 shirt and um, it was a black and red Keep It 420 shirt. I wore some jeans and I wore my red Toro red Jordans that I sold on eBay uh, for $200. Used a used pair of sneakers for two hundred dollars. Red, all red Jordan Toro fours. Um, fucking fire engines on your feet. I wore that with a. Um, did I have a fucking headband too? No, I probably had a red hat. And you know, just everything matching. And I took um and and fucking West Bay clowned me about it. He called me John Cena. All right, I could not live that down. But it was a 420 show. There was weed everywhere. I got so high, so high before I went up there. And um, I was supposed to do like five to seven minutes. And what I did, I thought I had five to seven minutes in my head. And I think I did from open mic. I mean, what the fuck did I know about timing? But all I know is I went up there and I did seven minutes in a minute and a half. And then ran out of things to say. So I just babbled for a while. I babbled until I got that stress light. You always know what a stress light is. When you're bombing, a stress light is when they fucking wave that light. Like, get the fuck off the stage. Get the fuck out of here. What are you doing? And they just wave it really hard. They almost dislocate their fucking shoulder waving it to get you off that fucking stage. Because not only are you dying, but the crowd is dying. People started complaining that they weren't, like I was ruining their high. No, I'm just kidding. I made a couple people cho uh, chuckle talking about my uh, uncircumcised penis. And you know what's funny thing is, is, I remember I was bombing up there and people were quiet. And when I got that first chuckle, when I said something, and I fucking immediately was like, <laughs> I cut like a, like a cut scene. All of a sudden I cut and I looked at that fucking person that laughed and he looked at me and we were connected. And I was like, thanks for laughing, bro. I appreciate you. And then I continued to bomb after that. <laughs> but it was my first show. What the fuck did I know? But that 
but that's what I mean. So that February first um, social media break, uh, and now here we go. We're at the third one. Is this the third social media break? Yes, this is the third. Like eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty. Well, oh, this is the fourth. This can't be the fourth. Am I confused? I'm fucking confused. This is the fourth. This isn't the fourth. Oh, I gotta go to my blog. To the blog. To the blog. The blog will tell me. The blog will tell me what I need to know. VicIsFunny.com. Ladies and gentlemen, VicIsFunny.com is the website. And if you go to the website, and you, you when you go to the homepage, you're going to see a nice a nice photo taken by uh, uh, Tom Rome. And you're going to scroll down to the blog to the little Asian girl. And, you know, one social media break, two social media break, three social media breaks. Yo, I took three social media breaks, guys. So, no, this is the third one. Reflect 2008. All right. So I only did three social media break. My first blog post. Uh, reflect, I'll be back. So did I do not, did I not write something? You know, maybe comedy was. Uh, last year when I did the social media break and failed to, do- oh, the first year I didn't document it. Mm, I just did a social media break. That's weird. All right. So I did one year where I didn't even fucking document it. Document everything. Fucking Gary V was right. God damn it. Document everything so you can go back and see it. Um, also, I didn't do a blog the first year. All right. Well, that's good. So what am I talking? What am I even talking about? Sometimes I get fucking tired of hearing my own fucking voice. <clears throat> so social media break. What's going on now? All right. So fucking blogged it. Blogged it. Blogged it. De Blasio. I hate when I lose a train of thought. Fuck this social media break, bro. All right? I'm getting fucking tired of it. Next year, I ain't doing it. Just kidding. I ain't doing it. This is good. It's good because this year came at a perfect fucking time. All right? I'm so busy. I'm so emotionally overwhelmed. Uh, And the fact that the break came uh, as all of this, as this transition is happening, as, you know, all these things are going on. One less thing I'm doing is being on social media. But you know what? Another thing is now I'm on my fucking phone more. I have to, I want to compare usage. You know, I have Apple tracks phone usage. I don't know if Android does. Who gives a fuck? Excuse me. But Apple tracks usage. Uh, Apple tracks usage. And I want to compare my previous month's usage with social media with this month's usage because i'm like staring at the screen a lot more i'm just staring at the screen not knowing what to do um looking for looking for an emotional escape me i think i'm just a lot more emotional this month it's been a fucking tough month this is a tough month historically all right um a very tough month I think last episode I rattled off all of the fucking things that 
um, that happened. There's just so many things in February um, that my family has renamed February to Whack History Month. Okay? Not Black History Month. Sorry. I know you guys had it rough too. But so did we. All right. February is historically whack for us. So it's now known as Whack History Month. Boom. And just, it's been a rough month. And I'm fucking tired. I'm, I'm tired. Like, I talk about that stuff here, and I'm getting tired of talking about stuff here, but I'm tired of talking about my feelings to people. All right? I'm tired of telling people how I emotionally feel, especially, like, when I'm upset. I'll tell you guys because it's a podcast. And it's my podcast. I talk about whatever the fuck I want. But I talk about my feelings. I talk about my fucking feelings. But I'm not talking about my feelings to nobody else anymore. Because whenever you tell somebody how you feel or what you're going through or your problems, I believe. This is new research I'm releasing on the whole world. I don't know. You tell me if you have seen any anecdotal evidence to support this theory. I believe when you tell someone how you feel or your problems or what you're going through. And you unload on them. I feel they lose a little bit of respect for you. I feel every time you tell someone your problems, they lose a little bit of respect for you. A little bit. A little bit. I told my wife all my problems. I don't think she respects me at all anymore. Okay? I don't think anybody that I tell my problems to for a prolonged period of time respects me anymore. Because my problems are the opposite of what I appear to be. I look like the strong, silent type. But I'm actually weak, emotionally unstable. Very. Very. And I, I, I'm, I've been dodging this. I'm, I've been ashamed of this. But no longer will I be ashamed of my mental instability. I am fucking crazy. All right? Crazy. That's why I do comedy. You know when people talk about, um, you know, comics are, you know, broken people. <laughs> That's me. Okay? That is fucking me to a T. Comedy is me. I am not going to stop doing comedy. I found, like, this comedy is my outlet. I can't wait. Tomorrow night, Dojo Comedy, Cypher Sounds, Valentine's Day show. Cypher Sounds is headlining. Cypher Sounds is headlining. Natalie Cuomo's hosting. Clint Esposito's featuring. Your boy Vic might be doing a spot. I heard. I heard Vic Cedeno's gonna be there. I heard Vic Cedeno might be doing five minutes quick. I can't fucking wait. I've been doing a couple open mics, but to be honest, I just I haven't had the time. I also haven't had. Uh, I seclude when I get depressed. I've been going through like some fucking depressive episodes. Like this last couple weeks, um, I spent like fucking three days crying this week, like just crying, bawling, not the good bawling, it's more like bawling, bawling. That's the new remix to the Jim Jones song featuring Vic Sedania. <laughs> bawling, bawling, and I don't know why. All right, there's there was no, I mean, I know. No, I don't know why. I have a lot of stuff going on in my fucking life that's emotionally stressing me out. But 
the emotional instability, the, the pain that I'm talking about is not from anything that's going on right now. It's not rooted in anything that's going on right now. I mean, the things that are going on right now are compounding on it. Yes, but it's not rooted in all that. Like this is emotional trauma that I believe that I believe stems from when my dad died when I was six years old. I don't think, I think that's a fucking traumatic event for a kid. Here we go. I think it's a real traumatic event for a kid to lose a parent, especially at an age that they can remember it. And I think that shit sticks with you forever. And it's a trauma that keeps happening to you. It's a trauma that keeps happening to you because it's something you relive. It's something you relive every time uh, you go to an event, every time it's Father's Day, every time it's Parents' Day, every time it's your friend's dad, every, you know, you relive that trauma of losing a parent over and over again. And uh, it fucking sucks, right? <sighs> I made it through that. I powered through that shit. So, um, so I have a lot of anxiety now because I'm a parent. And it is my biggest fear that I end up like my dad and that my daughter ends up like me. And um, this... This past week, she turned six years old. My daughter turned six. It was fucking awesome. You know, um, my daughter's an amazing, amazing kid. Just, I, I can't, she's so amazing, I can't put her on social media. Because you just don't deserve to have any part of that. Cheers. The fucking kid is amazing. She's hilarious. She is fucking smart creative she's so thoughtful and and caring and loving just the sweetest sweetest little kid we went to the fucking dentist yesterday she left the dentist she gave the dentist and the dental assistant a hug afterwards and they melted she's just she's very 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 emotionally um mature she's I don't have to fuck it. You know, like, there's not much. The things that this kid gets in trouble with, we exaggerate just because, like, she's not perfect, obviously. But she's the fucking best kid. The best kid. All right? Behavior-wise, like, she's just, I, I can't. I, I could spend the whole fucking podcast telling you about how good she is, about the things that she does, about how smart she is, about how she appreciates things, about how she listens, about how she's considerate. I can just go on and on. And it is my greatest fear that she has to go through the trauma that I went through. Because I want to see how she grows up healthy. Because I think about what would have happened to me if I grew up healthy without that fucking trauma in my life. And it's something I... I always feel like I've I've dealt with it. I've always felt like um 
you know, I've, I've done so much work. I've been in therapy. I, you know, I, I was in a six month inpatient program required by the New Jersey state department of corrections. And I was in, you know, intense outpatient therapy. When I got out, I had to do long, long-term outpatient therapy. And I've gone to a lot of counseling. I've done a lot of fucking talking. I've done a lot of therapy. I wrote letters to my dad that I burned afterwards. Like I've done a lot and it doesn't go away. It just doesn't. So I, I fear for that. And that shit, that gives me paralyzing anxiety. Oh, fucking crying. It gives me paralyzing anxiety and it makes me withdrawal it makes me um close off and like i don't want to go out there was times where i i thought about going to the open mic and then just the thought of seeing people and knowing that i'm i'm feeling like this where i'm like on the verge of breaking down i don't want to go out like that but probably if i go out I'm, I won't feel like this. You know what I mean? So. It just. That's another thing that fucked me up. Was that my cousin did that. And he left his little daughter alone. And I'm like, fuck, man. Fuck, man. I got so angry. So angry. Oh, man. Not rags. So angry because how could you do that? You know, how the fuck could you do that? I don't want to. You know, everybody's pain is different. It sucks, but that's what made me think. I'm like, fuck, man. I never thought he could do that, and here I am, just like emotionally unstable, and um, I'm I have no outlet. Like I had I had no outlet before I did comedy. And, you know, because I don't talk about my fucking feelings. I made that, by the way. I don't talk about my feelings with people. I am, um, you know, this is as far in as I let people, all right? Where you just saw and, and the things I'm telling you is as far as I let people in. And that's, and you know what? I don't even have this conversation with people. Uh, you know, my wife knows. But like I said, every time I talk to people about this, I feel like they lose a little bit of respect for me. Opening up is stupid. Don't tell people your feelings. Don't tell people how you feel. Don't tell people your problems. Don't confide in anyone. You can't trust people with your fucking feelings. You really can't. You tell someone how you feel, they lose respect for you. That's it. Because guess what? They're not going to want to hear about it again. They're not going to want to hear about it again. Silencing people, struggling silence, man. What's that Henry David Throw quote? Uh, fuck. Most most men suffer in silence. No, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Henry David Thoreau. Most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Holy. That fucking quote 
it just hits so hard because it is. It's just quiet desperation. Who the fuck are you going to tell about your problems? Like, that's what therapy, that's what you pay therapy people for. You don't pay, you don't pay therapists so that they listen to your problems. You pay therapists so that they don't lose respect for you after you tell them your problems, right? The money keeps the respect there. You tell other people your problems, they're going to lose respect for you. People like and respect the strong, silent type. People that can deal with their emotions. People that are leaders. Not fucking pussies that cry on podcasts. <laughs> my daddy, fuck. <laughs> my daddy. My whole fucking life. You know what fucking used to set me off when I was little when people called me a bastard? You bastard. Hated that fucking name. Bastard. Whoa, half hour of fucking crying. This is nice. Um, yeah, people fucking. Who has the least respect for people? Oh, I just said I, I said therapist. You pay a therapist not to lose respect for you, but I bet you, therapists secretly don't respect people. Therapists have zero respect for people because they just see people fucking cry all day. They know how fucking weak people are. They don't respect anyone. Struggling in silence, bro. Opening up to someone, they lose respect for you. That's what I wrote down here. Depressed people perks. That's also what I wrote here. Do people, do depressed people have any fucking perks at all? Are there any perks to being depressed other than people pitying you? Some pity sex, some pity head, right? You just cry to a girl in her arms and you tell her all your problems. Then she blows you and you're like, hmm, things aren't so bad. Thanks for saving my life. A blowjob can save a life, right? Have you ever been depressed? Ever feel like you're going to kill yourself? Get a blowjob. It'll make you feel better. I wouldn't fucking know. Water in my fucking Tupperware cups. Are these Tupperware cups? Because these are good. Yes, they are Tupperware cups. Um. All right. Getting ready to go. This is the uh, the V cast. Um, depression sucks. Eh, depression sucks. Talk to your friends, but don't talk to your friends about your problems. They're gonna not respect you anymore. R e s p e c t. That's what it means for me. Suck it to me. Suck it to me. Suck it to me. Suck it to me. Don't tell people your problems, bro. They will not like you anymore. They will not like you. You ever been? Were you ever been around somebody and you're having a good time and then they just start crying and you're like, "I'm never inviting this motherfucker out again." Lost the respect. I'm telling you, people, think about it. Um, speaking of respect, have you watched Power? Have you seen Power? I am all in on Power right now. I've just been binge watching. I finished the first fucking show. Now I'm on to book two. Ghost Jr. Spoiler alert. Ghost dies in power. Ooh, you didn't know that? If you don't know that, it's too fucking late. What a great fucking show. It's really, really... um, Excuse me. It's like a black people soap... It's a black soap opera. Hood soap opera. It's great. I enjoy it. I enjoy the writing. I enjoy the acting. A lot of fucking sex scenes in power and I don't mind sex scenes 
All right, I'm not a fucking prude. However, when you're watching television, I get tired of seeing the same people fuck over and over again. All right, Power was um notorious for this in the first few seasons. You just keep watching the same people have sex scenes, and it's just like corny. It's already like the first two times, it's fucking steamy. But just like in real life, the more you have sex, the fucking whacker it is. <laughs> fucking power, man. Uh, it's just a crazy show. I want to be a drug dealer now. I want to move weight. All right. I'm going to start selling pills. Holla at me. I'm going to fucking. Uh, I'm going to start a drug dealing podcast. All right. If you subscribe to the podcast, you got to donate $20. And I'll send you a gift. I just want to move weight. They make it look so easy. And make it look so cool. Yo, drug dealing is not easy. People think drug dealing is like easy. Or they see the money in the flash, you know. And they think, or they see that you hang out outside all day. Like drug dealers on the block. Drug dealers on the corner. Do you know how fucking, how little corner drug dealers make? I'm talking about. How little corner drug dealers make. Very, very little. It's fucking surprising. But this is why they make very little. Because of the amount of time that they invest. But it's like running your own business. So there's potential, right? Like if you consider like the hourly pay of a McDonald's worker, they probably get paid more than drug dealers. Think about it. If you're a drug dealer and you're hustling 12 hours for a few hundred dollars, that doesn't add up. But if you're clearing a few grand in a couple in 12 hours, then you're on on a different level. Then you you know you're making drug dealer minimum wage. Drug dealers have minimum wage laws. I don't know if you know this. They sure do. Drug dealing. I want to be on power. I want to be an episode of power. Do I want to act? I just see people on TV and I'm just like, I want to be on TV. This won't be on a show. Silly, right? Do I want to act? Maybe just to see. Just just as a curiosity thing. I mean, I listen, I've said this before. I'll say it again. I don't want to be famous. Like, I don't want to be Kevin. Uh, the fuck do I know what I want? I've never. How can I say I don't want it? I don't want. I, I yell at my daughter about this all the time. Why are you going to say you don't want to do something you don't know about? That you don't know if you're not going to like. Like, if you don't try something, you know, you don't know. You don't know what you're talking about. So I'm just going to try being world famous just to see if I like it. And then if I don't, I'll just fucking not be famous anymore. That's it. Just, just turn it off. <laughs> Turn it off. All right. Um, I do not have anything to promote. Comedy is coming back. Um, I talked a lot of shit about not reaching out to people, but you should. Don't suffer in silence like I do. I don't suffer in silence. I have you. I have my podcast listeners to tell my problems to. Thank you for tuning in to listen to me cry and whine about my life. I hope this podcast has empowered you.
to become a better person, to be tougher, and to not take any shit. And please, don't tell people your problems. All right? I know I just said to confide in someone, but don't. (laughs) Don't do it. They're going to lose respect for you. All right? Confide in people that you don't care if they respect you or not. That's the rule. All right? Don't suffer in silence. And also, don't tell your close friends and people that you need to respect you your problems. All right? Like, I don't tell, I won't tell my boss my problems. Right? If I tell my boss my problems and emotionally break down, they're going to be like, you're a fucking pussy. Right? Right. So don't, you, you have to pick who you fucking tell your problems to. Pick someone that you don't care if they respect you or not. Like your mom. Your mom's a good person to tell your problems to. Because if you don't care if they respect you or not, they still have to be your mom. I don't tell my mom my problems. I don't tell anybody my problems. I'll just keep it to myself and the VCast. That's you. Thanks for listening. You're listening to my dad of the VCast.